It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from that slightly different perspective we're so well known for. You know, a recent uh, podcast I did just last week, I guess it was, where we were talking about uh, the myths of, you know, what size tank you need for a reef aquarium and, and just some of the things about the reef aquarium in general um, in terms of management of various size tanks struck a responsive chord in a lot of people. I got a lot of questions, a lot of good feedback, and people asking me, again, you know, how hard is this stuff? What, what do you really need to know? Since, since I was sort of laying it all out there, they wanted to hear my thoughts on the actual process of just a reef tank itself and what I think. And, you know, as most of you know by now, a good chunk of my aquarium experience is from that world of reef keeping. And, you know, although I've been keeping freshwater aquariums since I could walk, I, you know, had my first reef aquarium when I was like, I don't know, 12 years old. It was sort of my base camp in the saltwater world. And shortly thereafter, I embarked on sort of a decades-long journey where it remained, you know, I remained in that side of the world for decades. Now, I kept reefs. I hung out with other reef geeks. I experimented with stuff. I wrote articles. I appeared in videos, traveled the world, speaking at reef clubs and conferences. I guess you'd say I was sort of a, a rock star in the reef world, really, if there is one. I was getting the coveted prime speaking spots at the glamorous, you know, Marine Aquarium Conference of North America for several years. You know, the, the, the nice Saturday afternoon spots everybody wanted. I worked in a pretty prestigious reef aquarium design and maintenance firm, managed some pretty talented people and designed some insane aquariums with, with some really great people. Ultimately, I co-owned one of the reef world's more successful and respected coral propagation vendors. And uh, I eventually sold my interest in that you know, while the company was still peaking because I wanted to go on to do something different with you guys in the tan and aquatics realm here. So I was very salty, still am. Yet I always had a foot in the freshwater world and the call of my freshwater roots was just too strong to resist. It was time to cross back over big time and I couldn't resist all the fishes I love, the killies, the tetras, the dwarf cichlids. I was always fascinated and I was always playing with natural materials, different aesthetics, black water, and the itch to do something in the freshwater world, you know, led to the direct creation of Tannin Aquatics. It was the culmination of a life of playing with this stuff uh, on a personal level. And it was quite a ride. And it's really kind of cool to see it. And, you know, not only because we're, we've been advocating a different approach to freshwater aquariums, but because we've been embracing and fostering a culture of really excited, enthusiastic hobbyists like yourself who are doing all sorts of cool stuff. And it's been very successful and incredible. It's fun. Yet, when I discuss uh, in various hobby forums and clubs and interviews or whatever, and even just within individual hobbyists, when I discuss the idea about reef tanks, many are still a bit intimidated. Uh, in general, saltwater, but reef tanks in particular. Now, I still hear about this mystery or snobbiness associated with the reef world. It's almost as if the 1990s reefs are mysterious and difficult mystique that somehow got projected out to the aquarium world at large never left. It's like somebody said... There are you freshwater guys, and then there's us reefers. Just be careful when you try to enter our world. 
In fact, maybe you should stick with guppies. It's like somebody threw down that gauntlet and that was just stupid, like snobbery, or at the very least, some desire to perpetuate some continued myth that reefs require some magical talent level to enter the kingdom, let alone succeed there. That's a real joke, in my opinion. I mean, what goes on here? I mean, back in the 90s when the reef hobby was really starting to take off, you read a lot about all sorts of exotic equipment, procedures, tests, you know, stuff that you had to learn, purchase, you had to understand, you know, to play the game. Reefs were seen as sort of a graduation from the minor leagues of freshwater, which is kind of a joke. But for some unknown reason, the freshwater world allowed this sort of sham to be perpetuated. It was bizarre. Trust me, reef keeping is not that complicated. In fact, I recently read one of those articles about the estimative index method of, you know, keeping a planted tank and my head was spinning around far more than it ever did when reading about, you know, trace element management, lanthium chloride dosing or any of the other weird reef keeping practices that arose over the years. Of course, we make it super complicated for some reason. I don't know why. Think keeping coral is complicated. Yeah, you can keep an African cichlid tank, right? With all of its chemical dance, its need for strong nutrient export mechanisms, environmental monitoring, and territorial squabbles, all that stuff. Not to mention the endless taxonomy debates. Oh, and you breed them. So speaking of breeding, just about any fish breeder who maintains a few tanks in his or her basement is doing stuff, using skills, or understanding problems every bit, if not more so, than reefers do. Yep. And biotope aquariums, when people are really after, you know, hardcore off of specialized water chemistry and conditions and so forth, uh, and fish populations, these are every bit as complex or demanding as most reef tanks, if not more so. It's, a bit, it's about perspective. I think that part of the whole myth of, you know, reef tanks are too mysterious and complicated for both people started because, you know, back in the day, like in the 80s and early 90s, the freshwater hobby was sort of stagnating. And... Things had been done pretty much the same way as they had been since the golden age of the 1960s. Then along comes this new thing, and with it, the need to understand things from a slightly different angle. The addition of a few more components, literally and figuratively, we needed some new equipment. But nitrate, phosphate, and ammonia are the same, right? They've been around for eons. Suddenly, this slumbering freshwater world woke up and saw this new thing. And hobbyists simply saw this expensive, new, complicated, and sort of brash world that they felt was really not for them. Kind of sad. And the reef world, quite honestly, did very little to close this gap. And I think part of the problem was that a lot of the technology and concepts used up until the mid-1980s in the saltwater world were simply freshwater things adapted to this different medium. And they didn't always work. So you began to see a literal explosion of new brands offering dedicated reef-keeping equipment. New techniques were developed to grow corals, keep fish healthy longer, you know, filter water, do all kinds of stuff. The marine aquarium or reef world was, for the first time, flying free, sort of developing on its own. And more people got into the game. The demand for more and more refined equipment and techniques grew. Specialized, you know, development happened at a, just an explosive pace. And a lot of R&D money from aquarium manufacturers seemed to be pouring into the reef world. It was kind of interesting. And reefers themselves sort of developed. They learned the stuff that seemed on the surface to be so complex, but was really much the same as applied to the freshwater world. It wasn't just necessary to bring some of the stuff front and center because many freshwater lifeforms simply couldn't thrive in conditions that weren't monitored carefully. It, and because, you know, we were doing things that hadn't been done before, everything seemed so new and mysterious. Meanwhile, the freshwater world sort of started to evolve even more with amazing dedication, you know, new animals, new techniques. Everything was at a higher level. The same tech that we had in the reef world started to cross back into the freshwater world. To those that 
existed in the reef world who didn't keep a foot in the freshwater community it appeared to be moving at a glacial pace with you know relative to this hypersonic world of the reef keeping community but those of us who looked on the other side of the fence had our minds blown and that stupid stereotypical view of freshwaters for beginners took hold even more personally i found this whole idea just sort of disgusting and i knew many reef keeping experts never you know that never owned a freshwater tank never could tell the difference between an epistogramma or a paclustomus Never knew the joys of tetras, betas, or the challenges of new concepts like repariums and, you know, paludariums. And they're just too caught up in their high-energy, high-priced, burgeoning world, and I get it. Fortunately, it seems that the freshwater world has so many crazy cool things going on at any one time that it's almost too much to comprehend. And coming from the more homogenous reef world, the hundreds of subspecialties in the freshwater world, each with its own technique, adaptations and equipment, language, culture and sort of a tribe of experts seems to match or even eclipse the reef keeping world in a whole lot of ways. And it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. We're all fish geeks. It's a little bit different now. Nowadays, I have tons of reef keeping friends, real heavy hitters in the reef keeping hobby who are going crazy keeping freshwater tanks, planted tanks, cichlids, rainbow fishes, all sorts of cool stuff. And they're challenged. Yeah, they're challenged because the nice thing about the hobby, despite the efforts of some to quantify, qualify, and snobify it, is that there's, it's all there for us. It's as shallow as, or as deep as we want to go, and the challenges are always there. The skill sets that we acquire in one area will absolutely translate into another. We're not compartmentalized in our thinking. We can't be. There's far too much to learn, far too much to share, and far too much to discover. So the next time somebody tries to set you, you know, off or sell you on that whole reef mystique, tell them about the Lake Tanganyika mystique you know, rock dwellers, shell dwellers, or whatever, or, or the concepts behind the high-tech planted tank, or a blackwater aquarium, or a rainbow fish biotope tank, or whatever. You won't find a rival, a person to be humbled. Instead, you're going to find a kindred spirit, somebody who's as fascinated about part of the aquatic world as you are, and equally as excited to explore it. So remember, we're all on the same team here. Fresh salt doesn't matter. Stay curious. Stay interested. Stay united. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Ten.